Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here in Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, PFF re looks at the rosters. At least one media guy believes and roster thoughts uh, with the 53 man being released for the Falcons. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So Pro Football Focus is re-looking at all of the rosters after drafts and free agents and everything, and then obviously final cutdowns and things like that. So now that we have all of the 53-man rosters in place, here's where the Atlanta Falcons look at for Pro Football Focus. Now, understand that Pro Football Focus does like some of the moves that the Atlanta Falcons have made. So just very quickly in looking at a few rosters, Eagles number one, 49ers number two, uh, the Bungles are number three, uh, the Chefs are number four, uh, the Dallas Cowgirls are number five. Let's uh, scroll down here. Uh, yeah, we're getting close, right? Let's see. Ten. No, no. Eleven. You know, we're not there yet for the Falcons. Uh, Fourteen. Eh, no, no, we're not there yet. Oh, 16. No, no, it's not us. Uh, how about not 18? No, no, no. 20. No, 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 no. So the Falcons come in. Uh, and on Pro Football Focus's list of roster rankings, they come in at number 27. So they say that the biggest strength in 2023 will be their offensive line. No real doubt about that. Again, we've talked about the idea of, you know, how good McGarry and Lindstrom are on the outside, on the right-hand side. Obviously, you know, there are question marks about Dolman and Bergeron playing side-by-side, side, but they're going to roll the dice and, see what happens and hopefully you know Matthew Bergeron works himself out and he can be a competent guard uh, again we got to the Super Bowl with Chris Chester although we had Alex Mack and Jake Matthews in his prime when we were doing that but again uh, hopefully Bergeron plays well and you know hopefully he you know along with Dolman can can anchor that uh, offensive line you know in the middle and the left hand side biggest weakness in 2023 quarterbacks says the Falcons defense was poor last season, but they at least produced poured resources uh, into it this offseason. It's tough to heavily believe in Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Whoever starts likely won't be expected to throw more than 25 per game, 25 times per game. They need to be efficient in play action and limit turnovers to allow the run game to shine. Well, I agree with the turnover part, but what they really need to be is great in the red zone. So again, NFL is about a red zone league now. You have to be great in the red zone. If they only got to throw it, listen, I don't care if they throw it 15 times a game. If you're scoring 67% touchdowns in the red zone, I don't care. I don't care how many times you attempt it per game. As long as you're 67% in the red zone, touchdown efficiency, that's what matters in the NFL. That's what I'm looking at. Again, these are the numbers that I'll be looking at. 66, 67%, whatever you want to put two, two thirds at. 
Okay. I, I, I want that to be our red zone efficiency. If we can be two out of three times touchdowns in the red zone, we'll win a lot of games. And that would put us in the top five or six. That would make us an elite red zone offense and good things will happen from there. Uh, also too, they talk about the X factor for 2023 is Kyle Pitts. Uh, here's what they say. Pitts production dropped off a cliff last season following Atlanta's coaching change and the departure of Matt Ryan. He has the potential to be the best tight end in the league and needs to be a legitimate threat for the Falcons to succeed. Well, duh, have we not talked about this a million times? He needs to be Travis Kelsey. Just say the words. He needs to be Travis Kelsey. He needs to have the same impact on a football game that Travis Kelsey does. That it, It's very simple. Like, we don't have to dance around it. I, I did a radio hit a few months ago um, on the BetQL network on their morning show. And, and I said, look, Kyle Pitts needs to be Travis Kelsey. Oh, that's a lot of pressure to put up. What do you mean a lot of pressure? Guy's a fourth overall pick. What do you mean pressure? That's what he's here for. If he can't be that kind of player, how do you think we're going to get to be an elite roster? How do you think we're going to get to be an elite team in the NFL? Why? Because we luck ourselves through it? No. Your high-caliber draft picks need to play like high-caliber draft picks. That's how the NFL works. That's why I got frustrated about Arthur Blank. Well, you know, we haven't been good because, you know, the dead money and all that. You can still draft those guys. You can still draft the Micah Parsons of the world and change your franchise around. You can still draft guys that are really good and impact your team without having to spend money. Come on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, then they say, uh, rookie to watch, B. John Robinson. Well, duh. I mean, again, he is the eighth overall pick and the highest, you know, running back since, you know, Adrian Peterson coming into the league. And, okay, you know, and they keep saying rushing title is another question. Rushing title is not going to happen. I don't think he's going to get enough carries. And I'm not saying that negatively about Bijan. It's just they have so many guys that can run the football that – Again, you, you have a 1,000-yard running back already on your roster what, without even having B. John Robinson. You have a 1,000-yard running back and a guy who's found the fountain of youth over the last two years. So, again, I, I'm not saying that B. John Robinson – look, again, the bold prediction would have been to say the Falcons will have two 1,000-yard rushers. That would have been the bold prediction because that's what I'm predicting. I'm going to go – I'm on record saying it. I think the Falcons are going to have two 1,000-yard guys. I think Algier and Bijan Robinson are going to run for 1,000 yards each, and they're going to be one of the few handful of teams, you know, Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka, Rocky Blyer and Franco Harris, Mike Vick and um, Warwick Dunn, uh, what, Thunder and Lightning, you know, with, with Tiki and uh, was it Ron Dane, I believe, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson and Melvin Ingram, or uh, not uh, Mark Ingram, you know, they're going to be one of the few handfuls of teams that are going to have a thought. That's a hot take. That's a realistic hot take. I'll give that to you. I think they're going to have two 1,000-yard rushers because I think they're going to be able to run the football effectively, and Robinson's not going to have to have 300 carries to run for 1,000 yards, just like Algier didn't have 300 carries to run for 1,000 yards. They're going to split those carries up, and guys will get – 
plenty of carries where if they can average that four and a half to five yards an attempt that was pretty close as to what Algier was last year, there's no reason why they can't both run for a thousand yards. Um, then they say over under um, uh, win total eight and a half. They go under. Here's what they say. It's hard to give the Falcons a winning record when Desmond Ritter and or Taylor Heineke are the quarterback options. The NFC South may see an under 500 division winner again. Still, B. John Robinson fits perfectly behind Atlanta's offensive line, and Arthur Smith is an excellent play caller. Falcons feel like a seven-win team that could win a couple more if the quarterbacks overachieve. Wrong, 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 wrong. The quarterbacks don't have to play, pay like an MVP. You know, this offense is not quarterback driven. You have to run the football, block for your quarterbacks, block up front, and you have to improve your defense. You have to sack the quarterback. You can't be a 19 sack team and think you're winning 12 or 13 games. That doesn't go in the NFL. Those stats don't come together in the NFL. Well, we won 13 games. We finished 13 and four, but we sacked the quarterback 19 times. That doesn't happen in the league. You know who the 13 and four, 14 and three type of teams are? 70, 60, 57, 55. That's the sack totals for the team, the teams that are winning. 12, 13, 14 games in the league. The offense, this team isn't going to look. If Desmond Ritter way overachieves and he's the MVP, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. That's what happens when your quarterback wins the MVP of the league. So again, this offense is not quarterback driven. We have to run the football effectively. We have to be great in the red zone and sack the quarterback. If we can get those three things figured out, I know the first one's figured out, but if we can be great in the red zone, sack the quarterback, we'll be where we need to be at the end of the year. We'll be division champs, 10 wins, 11 wins. We'll be right where we need to be. Not because Desmond Ritter was all world. We have a great head coach. We have to turn around the one loss record in one score games from what it was in Arthur's first year. We can do that. We're going to be right where we need to be. The league is one score games. The league is not, unless you're the greatest show on turf, the league is not 37 to 10. That's not what the league is. The, the league is 24-21. 24-20. Again, I... I I really like pro football focus, but again, they've really missed the boat on this. They they look at things from a 35,000-foot view, not dead set on the sideline looking right at this team, staring right across from them 5, 10 yards away. You look at it from 35,000-foot view on top of Mercedes-Benz Stadium through that little hole in the ceiling. That's what your look is. We're, the rest of us are down on the sidelines ingrained into it. That's the difference. So again, I think they'll be better than eight and a half. Uh, I've we, we've gone through all of that. So uh, anyway, uh, 
This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And listen, as we're ready for NFL season, and it's coming up quick, right? It's going to be a week from Thursday. Get ready for NFL season with incredible deals from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, if you're a new customer to FanDuel, $5 will get you $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Five bucks, $200 in bonus bets, all guaranteed. Plus, customers who paid the five, who bet uh, the $5 will also get 100 bucks off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So you can also save yourself 100 bucks off the NFL uh, Sunday ticket and get the $200 in bonus bets. So now is a great time to join FanDuel. The app is super easy to use, safe, secure. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and everything in between. Plus, you can go and, and get the $200 in bonus bets and the $100 off NFL Sunday ticket if you sign up right now. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and kick off the NFL season with an offer you're not going to want to miss. FanDuel's the official partner of the NFL. Well, there is one guy who at least kind of believes that the Falcons can turn some things around. So John Breach from CBS Sports has the 2023 NFL predictions ranking the teams that most likely go from worst to first uh, in the NFL this year. All right. So, okay. Again, I'm, I'm always interested in reading these kinds of articles. They have Arizona as number eight. They have eight teams listed. Arizona's number eight. Yeah. They have the worst roster in the NFL. So no real surprise. Commanders at seven, the Houston Texans at number six, Broncos at five bears at four, the Browns at number three, the New York jets, who, by the way, I think have one of the top 10 rosters according to pro football focus uh, in the league. Um, they're number two and at number one, it is our Atlanta Falcons. So um, odds to win the NFC South are plus 190. Here's what they write up. Although the Falcons finished at the bottom of the NFC South last year, they really shouldn't be viewed as a last place team. And that's because they almost won the division at seven and 10. The Falcons finished just one game out of first place in the NFC South. They tied with the Saints and Panthers for the second and only uh, and only ended up as the last place team due to tiebreakers. Okay, I, I I get that, but they they certainly didn't look like a team that was a division winner. But anyway, we'll we'll pass all that. Uh, the Falcons roster was good enough to compete for a division title last year, and they only got better this offseason, which makes them feel like the dark horse to take the division crown in 2022. Offensively, the Falcons are absolutely loaded with players like Kyle Pitts, Drake London, B. John Robinson. Atlanta can get just average play from both Desmond Ritter and the team's defense. There's no reason that they shouldn't uh, compete for the division title. Let's stop right there for just a second, okay? I, I agree. They don't need Desmond Ritter to be all world. They, they have to have him at a average or a little bit above average, okay? But their defense has to drastically improve. You, you, again, we just fussed about you can't be a 19-sack team and think you're winning the division. Think you're going 12-5. and five. Think that you're going 13-4. and four. You're not going to do that in the NFL if you sacked a quarterback 19, 20 times. Not happening. Not happening. I've given you all of the stats, all of the numbers for, for the last six months now. I've told you all of the numbers. They all on defense relate around sacks. Competing for the Super Bowl, being a Super Bowl team, 
playoff team, bop, 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 bop. The magic numbers, everything. I'm not making this stuff up. I, I don't just pull this out of my hind end. That's what the numbers tell you. Anyway, back to uh, the write-up uh, on there. Uh, the reason the Falcons may only need average play from those two spots is because they're the one. Uh, they're they're in the one NFC division where average might be good enough to win. Okay, they have to be better on defense. They can be play quarterback at average. They have to be better on defense. Fun fact: the Falcons have only gone worse the first one time in franchise history. That came nearly twenty years ago after finishing in the NFC South cellar with a five and eleven record in two thousand three. Falcons rebounded to win the division with 11 and five in 2004. Well, that was the, that was the Mike Vick injury and all that. There was a reason for all of that. So anyway, uh, Super Bowl fun fact of the 28 teams that have gone from worst to first since 2002, only four of them have made it to the Super Bowl. So though it's possible, it's definitely not likely. Okay. I'm not worried about being a Super Bowl team right now. Again, I I'm not worried about being a Super Bowl contender for this particular season. But at least he's got the Falcons number one, and, and I and it's almost like a backhanded slap in some ways, just because well they play in the worst division in in the NFL. Okay, all right, whatever. I mean, so look again, Desmond Ritter doesn't have to be all world. I think as long as he's average or a little bit above, we can win this division. The one thing that has to change is our defense. Our defense has to be better. Did we make the improvements to be better? Absolutely. I think we're better on all three levels of defense. I think our secondary has a chance to be really special, not just with the personnel, but again, I've bragged on Jerry Gray, and now you're again you're, you're hearing guys talk about him. You're, you're already you're already reading what guys are saying about his influence on this defense. He's one of the better defense coordinators. He's certainly one of the best defensive backs coaches in the league. You know, the guy that helped Cam Chancellor and, and Earl Thomas be pretty good. You know, the guy who Jair Alexander distinct uh, specifically credits for his ascension to being one of the best corners in the NFL. That guy, that guy's with us now. So, again, I think we're going to be better on all three levels. I'm just concerned about, and we'll talk about roster thoughts, stuff like that, but I'm just concerned about do we have that fire breather coming off the edge? Do we have a guy that lines up and gets us eight or 10 sacks. And again, folks, you don't have 15 guys that get you five sacks. Okay. That doesn't happen in the NFL. You don't have 10 guys that accumulate six sacks. Like that doesn't happen in the league. You still have to have a fire breather that can get you 10 to 14 sacks in the league. Again, the Eagles even had two of those guys, right? You have to, again, you have to have those kinds of players. That's my biggest concern. I will continue to pound on the drum. Again, I'm going to look at two numbers for the Falcons. Two. Number one, how many sacks do we accumulate? Number two, what's our touchdown percentage in the red zone? Tell me that we're 40 and we're 67%. I'll know everything I need to know about the success of the Falcons. I'll literally know everything I need to know about the Falcons' success. Well, we had 42 sacks this year. Okay, chalk that up. Well, we were 68% touchdown efficiency in the red zone. Okay, that makes us elite. Okay, well, we were certainly a division win. Oh, look up and we we're winning the division. It's not hard, folks. It's not hard. You don't have to get so deep into analytics and sabermetrics and metrosexual stats and everything like this. 
You don't have to dive down deep into it and get the muck in the mire. The NFL is pretty basic. Play good at quarterback, play good on the lines of scrimmage, and, and be good in the red zone. Thanks for calling. Thanks. But at least one guy in the media thinks that the Falcons can do it around, although maybe backhanded just because of the division. But still, again, we can certainly compete. We can certainly win the division. Let's hope that it all comes together. All right, as you make hitting hard your first listen, go in and make sure you leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. Let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. We like to call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. But just leave us a quick message that you're an everydayer listening in five days a week to the program, to the show. So we do thank you so much for being a part of the community. So some roster thoughts uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Look, um, no real surprises in the roster. I thought Jalen Mayfield before this came out, he was going to get cut. Um, I expected that, you know, to happen. I didn't think he played consistently enough in the preseason well enough. Um, and at some point it's about performance. I give them credit. They didn't, they didn't hang on to him. Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn would have held on to him for one or two more years. They didn't do that. They, they, they said, okay, it's not working. Let's move on. Okay. Um, I like the idea that the three quarterbacks didn't make it. I, I like the idea that they're taking advantage of the new rule this year where you can have a third quarterback on your active roster. So I thought Logan Woodside did enough um, <coughs> to secure that spot. Um, no real surprise about the wide receiver position. We knew London. We knew Matt Collins. Kaderil Hodge, Scotty Miller. Well, we knew Scotty Miller as well. Kaderil Hodge, Josh Ali. The other two guys, okay, could have case have been made for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside? Maybe. Now, a uh, couple of one things that I, I do want to mention, Cornell Armstrong and Penny Hart both went to injured reserve. So that's part of the reason why Penny Hart's not here. And obviously we know that Adi Ogundeji is on season-ending IR. And to be honest with you, he is no great loss, but we've talked about that before previously on the podcast. So those are three guys. What will be interesting to see is, the fact that Arthur Smith talked about, hey, Cordell Patterson's you know, getting back healthier. Hey, Jeff Okuda's getting back healthier. Do either one of those guys go on any kind of short-term IR? Now, we don't know the practice squad just yet, okay? So that's the other thing, too, is that some of these guys will be on the practice squad. Obviously, they're going to have 16 guys on the practice squad. Um, the tight end position, Fitzpatrick, Jonu Smith, Cal Pitts, and Michael Pruitt, the unicorn. Oh. Oh, he's not supposed to be the, oh, but I thought he had all the touchdowns. Oh, oh, we, he, uh, isn't he our unicorn? Anyway, so again, um, no real surprise there. Uh, Parker Hesse cut. He may be on the practice squad. Again, no great shakes, no great loss. Um, Lindstrom, Dolman, Matthews, um, McGarry, uh, Joshua Miles, uh, Jovan Gwynn, the seventh round pick, Cal Hinton, eh. uh, Matthew Bergeron, and uh, Ryan Newzeal. He's going to be the backup center. So, okay. I mean, obviously, Matt Hennessy is on season-ending IR, so I, I still look for the Falcons to improve the offensive line. I still they have the eighth pick on the waiver wire. I still think that they try to look at upgrading and adding more offensive line help, at least maybe somebody more competent. I mean, again, I I'm not super excited about Kyle Hinton, but okay. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see what happens. With all that, um, defensively, Ebicady, Dupree, 
D'Angelo Malone, Caden Ellis, Lorenzo Carter, Nate Landman, uh, Trey Davis, and Troy Anderson. Nate Landman had a good um, good camp. He had a good camp and a good preseason as well. Glad to see. I mean, again, that's a guy that, you know, in a rotational situation or with injury, he's a guy that looks like at least maybe he can make some plays on the field and be at least somewhat competent. Um, A.J. Terrell, Clark Phillips, uh, DeMarco Hellams, D. Alford, Jalen Hawkins, Jeff Okuda, Jesse Bates, Mike Hughes, Richie Grant, Trey Flowers. Good to see DeMarco Hellams make the roster. He had a really good camp. He had a really good preseason. I mean, he might have been the MVP of the preseason. Uh, he was certainly a guy coming into the preseason that maybe he'd be practice squad. Maybe he'd make the team. But again, thought he played really well and obviously secured a spot on the roster. And then Albert Huggins, Clayus Campbell, David Onyemata, Grady Jarrett, um, Joe uh, Gaziano, uh, Taquan Graham, and Zach Harrison. No real surprises um, there. And then our specialties, Young Maku, Bradley Pinion, Liam uh, McCullough. Um, Breon Borders is probably a guy that's going to be looked at for the practice squad. Maybe J.J. Arcega, Whiteside is another guy. I think Michael Abernathy, Micah Abernathy is a guy that's going to be on the practice squad. Natron Brooks, I should say, he had some good moments uh, in the preseason. I think he may be looked at as a guy. Um, look, Darren Hall, and again, uh, we may talk about this at some point, but this first draft class for Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, this is now all about Kyle Pitts and Richie Grant because everybody else is pretty much gone, right? I mean, Dolman's still lingering around there, but we still don't know about him. But Darren Hall, Jalen Mayfield, like, you know, again, and Avery Williams, I mean, nice surprise, but let's see if he can come back. So this draft class, this first-year draft class, is really being defined by Richie Grant and, and Kyle Pitts. And if he doesn't work himself out, Kyle Pitts, I mean, again, this first draft class that we bragged all about may be a little bit different looking, but again, um, no real surprises. Um, you know, Parker Hesse, Timmy Horn, those may be guys that are on the practice squad. So we'll see. You got 16 guys to put on the practice squad, but no surprises. I mean, there's no, there's no trickiness to this. There's no thought process. I just want to see the Falcons be active. I just still want to be active in this process of acquiring players, making trades. Again, I know trades don't happen. They felt, making trades. That's what Terry Fontenot's, you know, gig is, right? Play, player, uh, pro player personnel, right? That was his big thing. Identifying players who can play in the league. Cool. Let me have more of those guys. So all good. Now we're ready to roll by and large. So we've got our top 35. That's most important. And we're going to roll in the season and we'll see what happens, you know, obviously as we line up against the Carolina Panthers. All right, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you listen on that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we'd like to call them our everydayers. Just leave, leave us a quick note, drop us a line, let us know, hey, I'm an everydayer five days a week into the show. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast, get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 